Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're talking about shepherds and sheep. We're looking at John 10, where Jesus says he is the good shepherd. We're looking at some of the names that really Jesus gave himself to describe who he was this week, uh, Colin. So what do we understand from this? Well, we saw that uh, there are these two statements that Jesus makes about himself, that he is the gate for the sheep and he is the good shepherd. Now, I described yesterday that shepherding in Israel at the time of Jesus was very different from the kind of shepherding we know in Western Europe today, uh, that um, the shepherd led the sheep uh, for several miles a day because the, the pasture was so sparse, but at night they would be corralled together in some kind of sheep pen or paddock, um, several flocks all mixed in together uh, with a watchman to look over them. And yesterday we talked about Jesus being the gate to this pen where the sheep are secure and they're able to pass in and out and find pasture and so on. So um, I explained yesterday that when the shepherd came in the morning, he would call his sheep and only his sheep would leave the pen. The other flocks that didn't belong to that particular shepherd would not respond to his call because they would not recognize his voice. Um, why should the sheep recognize the voice of their own shepherd? Because their shepherd was the one who always led them to pasture. So they felt secure and safe and well cared for and in, in some instinctive way by the voice that they knew. So Jesus says they will never follow a stranger. Even, even a strange shepherd, they won't follow a strange shepherd. And of course, they didn't have sheep dogs in those days to harry the sheep along. It was the call of the voice. Um, he says they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Uh, so he then makes this statement, I am the good shepherd. Now, the good shepherd, he says, lays down his life for the sheep. And he contrasts the shepherd with the person that is simply hired. The shepherd being the one who owns the sheep and therefore cares for the sheep, protects the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. He's more concerned for his own safety than for the sheep. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So by contrast, Jesus then says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. They know my voice. They follow me, you see. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I am so concerned for the sheep, I'm ready to die for them. Now, this obviously has um, prophetic overturns concerning the crucifixion. And then he makes another important statement. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, meaning they won't be Jews. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So... This is a veiled reference to all the Gentiles who will become believers. 
Uh, now, Jesus restricted his ministry almost exclusively to the Jews. It was to God's covenant people that, that he was sent. But Jesus knew all along that, of course, he was the savior of the world, not just the savior of the Jews. But salvation would come from the Jews, salvation for the world. So Jesus knows there are going to be other sheep. Now, one of the great controversies in the early church was whether the Gentiles, the non-Jewish believers, would need to become Jews to accept all the, the Jewish law, to be circumcised and become part of the Jewish covenant if they were to be Christians, because the early church was, of course, predominantly Jewish. But that was resolved, that issue was resolved by what is called the Council of Jerusalem, that we can read about in Acts chapter 15. And the very important principle for which Paul, who was the great apostle to the Gentiles, really contended, is that for a Gentile to become a Christian, he does not need to become a Jew. Now, there are lots of Christians today that need to hear that. Because, you know, there are some Christians who try to be more Jewish than the Jews. And that's crazy because it actually undermines the truth of the gospel. That's, that's what Paul says, to think like that. So, no, um, the truth is this, that a Gentile does not need to become a Jew. Neither does the Jew need to become like a Gentile. They both maintain their identity. So, there are Gentile believers and there are Jewish believers. But... They are one, what Paul calls the one new man, that out that, that the, what the cross does, what the blood of Jesus does is break down the dividing wall of hostility that has separated Jew and Gentiles so that now the Gentile believers and the Jewish believers are one. There is one body. So Jesus said, says that there is one flock and one shepherd. So... We Gentiles must recognize we have been made one with the Jewish believers because the church was predominantly Jewish at first. Uh, and um, at the same time, Jewish believers need to understand that they are not to seek to make the Gentiles like themselves. And so you have churches like the church in Galatia, for example, that Paul wrote his letter to, which was probably about half and half. And they were learning how to uh, become this one new man, this, this new body, which respected the Jewish identity and respected the, uh, the Gentiles' position. So you would find that in New Testament times, many of the early Jewish believers, they still kept the law. They still lived by the law. They, they lived as Jews. But the Gentiles didn't need to accept all those legalistic restrictions. And Paul got very, very angry, very heated about what was called the Judaizers, those that followed him around trying to say to these Gentiles, you've got to be circumcised, you've got to accept the law, you've got to become Jews if you're going to, become, uh, if you're going to follow Christ. Jesus never said that. Paul never said that, and the Council of Jerusalem decided that was not the truth, and actually made a very important statement that those Judaizing Christians, those that were trying to make the Gentiles like Jews, were not sent with the authority of the apostles. They were mavericks. They were just doing their own thing. So we need to resist that. At the same time, we need to understand that um, replacement theology is, is not of God, really. 
because God has not replaced Israel with the Gentiles. He fulfills his call to Israel through Jesus Christ, and he fulfills his call to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. We are made one in God's kingdom. Colin, is there that sense that this verse is very much talking about today? Because for 2,000 years, until maybe 100 years ago, there were so few Jewish believers left. But now there are several thousands. So is this a verse for today that we in the Gentile church need to I think it's it's, it's, uh, quite significant what is happening now. Because, I mean, the first time I went to Israel, I suppose about 20 years ago, there were a few hundred believers. I think it was reckoned between four and five hundred Jewish believers. That Just is. a handful. Just a handful in the whole of Israel. Now it's reckoned there's about 10,000 Jewish believers. So in 20 years, sort of four to five hundred to 10,000 is a significant change. I mean, it's still just a drop in the ocean. Um, but there's no doubt that if Scripture is to be fulfilled, um, there will be Jewish missionaries going out to convert Gentile nations before Jesus comes again. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting scenario. It's not just a question of how many Gentiles can pile into Israel and convert the Jews. That is totally mistaken thinking. Um, because actually most of the evangelism that is happening in Israel among the Jews uh, is happening by other Jewish believers, not by Gentiles going in because Jews understand Jews and how they think and how they operate, and they know how to present the gospel to them. There is a big difference, you see, between the background of a Gentile believer and a Jewish believer. So, um, but the point is that they become that one new man in Christ, one flock with the same shepherd. It's an interesting scenario that we're yet to see then. All this is bound to unfold. It's got to happen before Jesus will come again. And, you know, there is still this veil over many Jewish peoples while the full harvest of the Gentiles is is uh, gathered. And then, of course, that veil will be lifted and there will be a wonderful move of God among the Jewish people. So God will fulfill everything that he's promised to the Jewish nation. Yes, absolutely. So this um, statement is, I believe, very, very important because it's like a prophetic word from Jesus. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And then uh, Jesus makes this amazing statement. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. Later, Jesus is to say to the disciples, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Uh, just as the Father loves me because I obey his commands. And Jesus explains what, what that means. Well, the Father loves me because I lay down my life. I fulfill what he has sent me to do. Do you remember Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden in close fellowship, but when they sinned just by biting a piece of fruit that they shouldn't have touched, they were thrown out of the garden and that fellowship and that unity with God was broken. So if Jesus was just to disobey, even once, even in a small way like that, there would be no salvation for mankind. So we can praise God that Jesus was obedient. The shepherd laid down his life for his sheep, and we are the sheep who now know his voice, we follow him, and we have the life that he came to give us. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 